Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones, and our senior pastor is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. We are located at 316 Catherine Street, Syracuse, New York, 13202. service, you know, this is, I'm, I'm asking you to do this, if I give my son for your life, to die for your sins, shed his blood for you, can you in return, just bring him glory while you're living, you can't beat that blood covenant, you can't beat that blood covenant if you try it, because not many of us is going to lay down the lives of our children, for somebody that's sinful, we know that they are. Sacrifice. Just look out for you know, look out for my family. Do what's 
sacrifice to bring him glory. So I'm talking about the blood now. Now begin to ask me um, some questions. So I'm going to ask you the same questions. Um, what value do you put on the blood? What um, does the power of the blood of Jesus mean to you? What does it mean to even plead the blood of Jesus? And what makes Jesus' blood different from any other blood? Because we, we like to plead the blood of Jesus. We plead it on everything and silly things, things that have no value, things that really make no sense. So we, we love something God said concerning the blood of Jesus Christ. We lost the value in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to restore the value and the understanding of the blood that Jesus shed for us. Can somebody say blood covenant? If you can just type it in blood covenant. Hallelujah. Somebody just type it in blood covenant if you would, if you don't mind. Glory to God. Blood covenant. Thank you, Jesus. So we look at the book of Luke. We look at the book, book of Luke, verses 1, 28 to 35. And this is a passage of scripture that everybody is familiar with. It's concerning, you know, Mary, the angel coming to Mary. And it says, And the angel of the Lord came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, favored of the Lord. Um, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Meaning she was chosen among women. Some people think Mary was sinless, but she wasn't sinless. She was full of sin. She was just chosen among the women. In other words, if you put all the women together in the world, God just chose her to be um, the mother of Jesus. Or should I say the carrier of Jesus. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And she cast in her mind the manner of um, solitution this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God shall give him, give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, of his kingdom, there should be no end. And Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. Therefore, so that sometimes to even swallow and the thing is we have to receive the word of the Lord when he speak it sometimes our problem is when we get prophecies and God speaks to us we want to see the word in action before we believe it but we got to twist that thing around and believe the word of God that it can come to pass so Mary just said be it unto me as thou have said and, and, and eventually it came to pass. She didn't say, I'm going to believe it when I see it. But she received the word by faith right then and right there. And that's what we have to do. Receive the word of God by faith right 
right then and right there when God speaks to you. When you get a word of prophecy, when somebody is speaking into your life, receive it right then and right there. Amen. Glory to God. And so this power, the Holy Ghost power, was going to come upon her. And she was going to be impregnated by the power of God. So this is an overshadowing. Mary was going to be dominated. She was going to have an eclipse with glory that was going to impregnate her with the Son of God. She was impregnated. Listen to me. She was impregnated in sea form by the Word of God. Amen. Got to remember this is going to be crucial to the message today. The power of God. She was overpowered. She was overstrengthened by the glory of God that got her into a position that God can use her womb. So we're going to say this, that, 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 that Mary was a surrogate mother for the God, for God. She wasn't holy, but she was a surrogate mother for the seed of God. Even now in the earth realm now, we have surrogate mothers that are carrying children for other families. The baby is not theirs. They're just carrying it. The baby don't even have their blood. They're just carrying the baby. So this is what Mary was to the seed of God. So the blood of Jesus was un, un, uncontaminated by the blood of Adam and Eve. So this blood that we're pleading is not your average blood that we're pleading on our doorposts, that we're pleading over our children. This blood has, has power in it because... It's, it's from an eternal world. It's from God and don't have no sin in it. Hallelujah. Uh, somebody, I hope somebody hear me. I hope somebody hear me. I hope somebody hear me. Because we got to bring honor back to the blood of Jesus. Somebody bring us something to eat. We tell them, I hope the blood of Jesus. No, 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 no. no. We got to get back to respecting that phrase, that statement, that weapon, that sword. That is not thrown around so lightly. That the enemy himself will know that when we call upon the blood of Jesus, that we're not playing with it. It's not a cliche saying. But when we call upon the blood of Jesus, we call upon the life of God. Now listen to this. Exodus 12 and 13 says, The blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague that I will bring... Um, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. This was just the blood of animals. And now we're talking about the blood of Jesus. Leviticus 17:11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for your soul. So you must understand in this 21st year of celebrating Jesus, that you go to a new place with the blood of Jesus, having a new understanding that his life is in the blood. So when we plead in the blood of Jesus, we're calling upon the life of Jesus, the life of God. This blood is uncontaminated. There's no sin in it. That's why he was a sinless man in a sinful world. Because we have the blood of Adam and Eve. So everything that came through the loins of Adam, you must understand, 
That's why God didn't use a man to bring Jesus into the earth realm because the man was totally contaminated. Every every person that came out of every man, every child, every boy, girl, woman, everybody was contaminated with sin. We were born with sin, shaped in iniquity. And I'll say it again, I said it in past times. That's why you ain't got to teach little kids to sin. You can put something there and tell them don't touch it, they'll touch it. And you will ask them and say, no, I ain't touch it. And it's like, you ain't taught them to sin. It's the sin that's in them. Everybody got the seed of sin except except our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he wasn't touched by the DNA of Adam and Eve. Oh, somebody put a praise right there. Somebody put a praise right there. He didn't have our DNA. And that's why, that's why, that's why his blood was the only blood that can touch the altar of God and and hit the mercy seat. You must understand that that, 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 uh, his blood streams out that which is better than what Abel blood streamed out. See, with Abel blood hit the ground, it streamed out the vengeance. Vengeance. But when Jesus' blood hit the the altar of God, it streamed out mercy and grace for us. And so we got to understand when it comes to blood, the blood speaks. There are some people that might have some murder thing that got away with it, but God got a record because the blood cried out to God and speak. And it depends on what they're speaking. Vengeance, God, get them. They was wrong, God. God means the blood always speaks, but Jesus' blood speaks out mercy and grace. On behalf of a sinful world. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Put a praise right there and tell God thank you. So sanctify the blood of Jesus in your hearts and in your minds. And and, and no more just saying the blood of Jesus throwing around lightly like you found around a glass of water. But make it to be so that when the enemy can hear you call on the blood of Jesus, that he knows that he's in danger, that his life is at a threat right now, that he's getting ready to be destroyed. That when you spread the blood on your children and cover them when they go to school or wherever they go, that you know the life of God is covering them. The life of Jesus is covering them. The holy life, that sinless life, is covering them and keeping them. Amen? Once again, we have a God that's a God of covenant. Sinless. Sinless. You will wonder how can a how could he be sinless? A lot of people have questions. How could Jesus be sinless? And he was um, birthed in the earth by Mary. Once again, I'll say it again. I'll say it again that you understand. That if someone wants to ask you, you can explain it to them that she was a surrogate for the seed of God. So he didn't have the blood of Adam. He came with a blood that was sinless, that had never bowed to sin. He never bowed to sin. His life was never given over to sin. So he was a sinless man that took on the sins of the world. Come on, somebody. A sinless man. Sin didn't get in him. He carried the sins of his world, of the world to the cross. Your sin, my sin. I, listen, he carried it to the cross, but it never got in him. He carried it to the cross, but the sin never got in his blood. Hallelujah. That's why when his blood was shed, the ground began to shake. The crowd had never never felt anything that powerful. The crowd had never itself felt anything that powerful. That that, that, that it began to shake and the earthquakes, they began to wonder what's going on. The earth was never saying what's going on. 
because listen, listen, listen. Whenever you rent the veil, you gotta remember in the Old Testament when the priest and and people went into mourning and because they lost someone or something bad happened, the first thing they did was rent their garments. So that veil, when it was ripped like that, it was God ripping his garments for the death of his son, the blood that was shedding. There was an opening and an entrance for us to come in to the glory and the grace of God to receive salvation. It was also God ripping his garments as a sign of war. The earth began to quake like they put ashes on their head and then the garment began to tear. They saw him, the Roman soldiers cried out, Surely this must be the Son of God. They begin to experience something they didn't experience. Because here we have a sinless man carrying the sins of the world on the cross to die for us, putting the blood on the altar. And he asked, Father, Father, have you forsaken me? Not that God forsaken him, he never seen him like this. He just had to be that separation. That he can do what was needed to be done with the blood. But the blood of Jesus, hear me y'all. The blood of Jesus still speaketh hallelujah. It still speaketh. It still what on the altar of God. It still what on the mercy seat. It still moist. It still got That's why people are still being saved today. That's why we can't stop preaching the gospel and preaching that what Jesus' blood has done for us. We can't stop. We must not stop. It's been 21 years. Take this 21 years over into 22 years of ministry. With the blood of Jesus knowing that when you lay hands, when you when you plead the blood, that something is going to happen to people life in this season. Because you're going to put honor and value back on it. Honor and value back on the blood of Jesus Christ. See, some things you throw around because you don't value them. There's some shoes you come in the house and you kick them off and you don't value them. When you go into a jewelry store, there's some jewelry you can't even touch because you don't understand value. You can't even go in the back room to even see the jewelry because you got to understand value. If you got to come in and ask them how much is it, does it go on sale, you can't come in the back room because it got too much value on it. And so we need to put this value back on the blood of Jesus Christ that when we plead it again, Things begin to happen. Now listen to this, how powerful this is. Jesus said in John 14, 30, he said, Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and he hath nothing in me. He was talking about Satan. Uh, listen, I don't have the blood of Adam. He have no Satan, he have no sin in me. He have no attached to me. He have no connection to me to draw me out of the will of the Father. He has nothing in me. His blood is so pure. He said, Satan has nothing in me. Now, I mean, you have something to be in you because we have that, that seed of sin. But Jesus said, he has nothing in me. That's why Satan tried. He took him up on the mouth. And he did his best to get into sin, you know, turn the bread into stone, you know, throw yourself down. If you worship me, I'll give you this and I'll, I'll do that and I'll do this. But he's God and God can't be tempted by sin. How are you going to try to tempt God with sin? Mm -mm. God said, I don't tempt you with sin, neither. Neither can I be tempted. So you can understand that. And when you're tempted by sin, it's not going. He said, I don't tempt you with sin. And I can't be tempted by it. So Satan 
him try to bring him into a place of tempting him. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus had just got done fasting. Now for the 40 days and 40 nights, he was fine. He was fasting. It was after the fast was over that, that, that the enemy brought forth the temptation. But Jesus passed every test. And if you look into that, he had to pass those tests, not as God, but as a man. Because Satan was only tempting him in the flesh realm. What's in the flesh? The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. He tempted him with the bread, turned the bread into um, uh, turn the stone into bread. Cast yourself down, pride. Bow down and worship me, and I give you this. The lust of the flesh, wanting everything in life. He tempted him in all three dimensions, but Jesus wasn't able to bow. Well, he couldn't bow. Satan was trying to find out: Is there something in me, inside of you? Is there something in me inside of you? And now that we're under the blood of Jesus Christ, we got to come to a place that we can begin to declare the same thing, that you have nothing in me. I have been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you must understand, I'm not going to begin, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to bow to your foolishness no more. You don't have to bow to sin. We don't have to bow to sin. We can stand in righteousness. We can stand upon the word of God. We can be clear like Jesus said, because I got the blood of Jesus now, I got the DNA of Jesus. You have nothing in me. There's nothing you can do to make me bow. The sin that we're doing now as saints of God, we choose to bow. We choose to bow. We are so powerful within ourselves. We must understand even Job. When I think about Job, y'all, Satan did all he can to Job. And Job's will was greater than all Satan's power. He couldn't break his will. He couldn't break his will. All of Satan's powers. His sons, daughters, took everything, even his wife started crazy. But he couldn't break the will of Job to say that he's going to curse God and die. Or that God was wrong. Or God died. No, no, no. Job's will and his relationship and his love with God was stronger than all the power that Satan brought to his life. Come on. He wasn't just, he wasn't tempted to sin so much. He was tempted to curse God and denounce him. That, that, that's a whole nother level. But all that he done, he could not break. He could not break it. He could not break it. Listen, this is what God said to me. The blood of Jesus is uncontaminated. It's pure, it's clean, it's sterilized, it's unpolluted, it's uncorrupted, it's undiluted, and it's germ-free and sin-free. The blood of Jesus itself, it disinfects, it kills germs, it purifies, and it will take the steam out of sin. He said the blood of Jesus is an antivirus against sin and death. Y'all don't hear me? Y'all don't hear me? Y'all don't hear me? Oh, that my brother, even Bishop, he ain't been through the blood, the life of Jesus keeping him. I know we're going to be like, what the world is up with this man here? I just do everything, and he just get up with a praise. He get up with a worship. He get up with a word. He get up with a prophecy. He get up with, he just keep getting up. Because the blood is over his life. Y'all don't, mm, thank you, Jesus. It's an antivirus. It's like a software inside of a computer, the Bible says. Excuse me, the word of God began to tell me. Hallelujah. It says, it says, sometimes, um, known as an anti spyware, it gets inside of a computer 
system. It will affect the whole program. But as an antivirus, Jesus himself can take action and disarm every anti every virus that will try to get in your system. Whether it be in your mind, whether it be in your soul, whatever it be, you gotta ask God, Father, become an antivirus in my mind, become an antivirus in my soul. Something is going on in my flesh, Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus become an antivirus, even in my in, in, in my soul, in my body. I need you to move in this area, God. Sometimes I pray and ask God, Lord, something bother me? Lord, send the blood to the place that hurts the most. And I promise you the blood of Jesus begin to move in my body and that very thing that hurt and bothered me begin to be healed. The very thing that hurts and bothered me. He said, the blood is an antidote. It's like medicine given for a, a, a certain uh, a disease. It's an antidote. Like you get poison and you need an antidote to uh, counteract the poison. The poison that we have created over the years and doubts and disbelief and things and sin. His blood is an antidote and if it get into your system, it can remove things again. It'll move things out of your life. But you got to put the value back on the blood of Jesus Christ all over again. No longer throwing it around like it's a, a, a dirty dish rag. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. I got to say it again. It's a weapon for your use for the kingdom. It's not the blood of Adam. It's not your mama blood. It's not your daddy blood. It's an eternal blood that will forever speak in dimensions and dimensions and dimensions. It will forever speak and save life after life after life. We know what it done for us. Now that we say we can't lose value in it, thinking it ain't going to work for nobody else. I don't care what the person is going through, how hard their situation may look, what they are tied up in and bound up in. You let them know you found an antivirus for their, for their sickness, the their sin-sick soul. I found an antidote for your mind. Oh, gosh. God, I love you. He said the, the blood is also a firewall. That when we believe the blood of Jesus, it becomes a firewall of protection. Mm. That unauthorized access to private networks will not get in. He blocked the unauthorized networks so they don't get into your system. You can be talking to somebody, they can be talking about the Bible, but they're totally wrong, totally off base, totally off key, trying to get you confused and get you all mixed up, and the blood will put up a firewall that it won't get in your system. Mm. But a firewall to protect you from what is to come. That's why the old saying said, plead the blood in the morning on your kids when they get ready to go, that whatever happened, the life of Jesus will block it. The blood will block it. They got to pass over. They got to keep moving on. So the blood of Jesus is also an antivirus for the kingdom of God. Somebody put a praise right there. Hallelujah. Somebody put a praise right there. And so you need to know when you're going into certain places and doing certain things, you can ask God to be an antivirus. Let his blood be an antivirus. Let his blood be an antidote. And let his blood be a firewall for you. That you can be protected all the way around. And when you call on the blood of Jesus Christ, once again, the enemy would know that he's in trouble. He's in trouble. Hallelujah. Now listen to these, some strictures, some strictures. Come on, King Healing Room. Y'all done made it 21 years. This is not the time to stop. This is the time to press in even the more. Amen. It's like graduating. These kids graduating from high school right now. That don't mean you stop. You're entering into another era. 
where you're going to have to press, whether they go to college, they're going to have to press and enter in more, or whether they go into the workforce, they're going to have to press and enter in more. But it don't stop here at 21 years. I pray God give you 20 more years, 21 more years and plus. Amen. This is your anniversary to give God praise for all that he brought you through, all that he's seen you through, all that he took you through. Now the blood of Jesus, it justifies us. Romans 5 and 9 says this, how much more then, having now been justified by the blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. His blood justified us, vindicated us, accepted us, defends us, make us right with God. We're not talking about no average blood. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. We have been forgiven, we have redemption through his blood. We have redemption. Sanctify the blood of Jesus Christ all over again in your heart. We don't have to repent and ask God to forgive us for taking his name and the blood in the blood of Jesus. We have taken the name and applied to everything and anything that's not necessary. So we have to pull that thing back. Put it all the way back. That when you begin to release it again this time, the enemy will feel the impact of it in the name of Jesus. John 6.53 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Most assuredly I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Because when we're having communion, what we're doing is taking his life. Didn't we just read in our Exodus that the life is in the blood? So we're constantly in communion with God as we take the blood, putting it on the inside, and we're becoming one with him even the more. It's symbolic, it's just bread and wine, but in the spirit room when we are, are, are blessed and anointed with understanding of what God is saying, it becomes more than that. It's like um, intimacy. It's called koinomias in, in, in the Hebrew. We're having koinomias with God. We're being intimate with Him. When we're taking communion, we're not just swallowing bread and drinking juice. This is about intimacy, like a man and a woman, they go in a room and they have that intimacy, they have koinomias. This is what it is in the spirit. When we're taking communion, we're taking his blood, we're becoming one. So you do this remembrance of me. If you constantly remember me, remember me, we are having communion, we are one. Hallelujah, Jesus. Revelation 12 and 11 says, And they overcame him by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Once again, how are we going to overcome the enemy? With the blood of the lamb, if you keep filling the blood around like it has no value to it. If you don't have no appreciation for it. Because you've been playing with it a little bit. Oh, come on. We can start repenting right now. We can start repenting right now. We can start repenting right now. And I promise you, after this day, when you go to work and be around family, that thing will come out your mouth. You're going to say the blood of Jesus on something that's foolish. And you're going to pull it back and say, God, forgive me. See, repentance is not just for sinners. We think only the sinners have to repent. But the body of Christ has to constantly stay into a, a, a state of repentance because we're in this flesh. Repentance is a gift from God. So we'll be able to repent of our sins and turn from them. Not just saying I'm sorry and keep on going the same direction. 
But the same God, I'm sorry for taking your blood in vain and using your name in vain. I'm not going to face it. I'm not going to use it no more. I'm turning around from the way I was um, calling on your blood. That's repentance. And so the body of Christ, the body of Christ, hallelujah, we are blessed to have the gift of repentance. Listen to this. Ephesians 2 and 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, um, you were you were once far off from him that brought you near by the blood of Christ. We have relationship because of the blood of Christ. Luke 22 and 20. Likewise, he also took the cup after he stopped saying this this cup, this cup, this new covenant, this is my cup, which was shared for you. This is the community, this is the colonies, this is the intimacy. Uh, Revelations 1 and 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler over all the kings of the earth, to him who loved and has washed us from our sins in his blood has made us kings. It's the blood of Jesus that has made us kings and queens in the kingdom of God. We are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. And I promise you from this day, when you begin to use the blood of Jesus and you accept what I'm saying, that we got to put value back on it, I promise you, when you use it, even your body going to line up in some areas. Your body going to line up. The enemy going to know, oh my God, she done got some understanding. Because with understanding and revelation, there's a power release with it. There's a power release with revelation and understanding. That's why God lets us know. And all about getting, getting understanding because there's power in understanding. When you know there's a, there's a, 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 a dog around the corner, you don't want to go around that corner. you got power to go the other way. Because of your understanding, you can avoid him. And now that you have no understanding about the blood, you got to realize you're going to have no power. John 9, verses 1 and 7. 1 John, verses 1 and 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, has cleansed us from all sin. It has cleansed us from all sin. It has washed us. Somebody can say deep shampoo. He has bathed us in his blood. He has bathed us in his blood. Now, how can we take the blood that he's bathed us in and take it lightly? The body of Christ is about to rise up. The kingdom of God, his bride that has been washing his blood, that beautiful bride is about to rise up in a way that the world has never seen. In a way that the world has never seen. See, it's easy for us, uh, uh, as humans, when we say we have um, the sinful nature of Adam because Adam sinned. But it's so hard for us to receive that we have the holy nature of Jesus because of his pure blood. Nature. Jesus came and gave us a holy nature. But we struggle with receiving the holiness, just receiving it, and we still sometimes uh, desire to live in, in that sinful nature. But you're holy because he's, he's given it to you. You just have to learn how to walk out what God has already put in you. Learn how to walk out what's already in you. You don't have to try to obtain it. You don't have to try to get it. He gave it to you through his blood. Now all you have to do is learn how to walk it out. 
You know, they used to do that dance called a walk it out. You couldn't do the dance without moving your feet and walking it out. So the blood of Jesus Christ, now that it's on us, has cleared us from our sin and made us holy and royal and priesthoods and a bride to, um, to Christ. Now we have to learn how to walk out that holiness. Even when you read the word of God, look, I, 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 I see what I'm reading, God, but God teach me how to walk it out. That was Paul's struggle. He said, sometimes I, I, I'm going back and forth, and evil is always there and always present with me. He was just saying, God, I see what you're saying, but teach me how to walk out this holiness that you have now given me. He wasn't stuck there. In the midst of evil being present with us 24 hours a day, you have to walk up this holiness that you have given me through the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It is the blood that's going to carry your king healing room. The blood of Jesus is going to carry into your next year. It's going to carry you to your next uh, uh, century. It's going to carry you. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And those that are watching that may not be from the king's healing room, that's a part of the body of Christ. It's the blood. Those that are unseen, the blood is available to you right now, this day. And I'll say it again, it's a pure and holy blood. Uncontaminated. Not the blood of Adam, not the blood of Eve. It's the son of God's blood. It's Jesus' blood. God's blood is pure. It's pure. Mary was just a surrogate mother to carry the seed of God. She was just the incubator. But her blood never touched his blood. It never mixed. It never mixed. It never became one. It never became one. Until he died. When he died, we begin to take communion to receive. That's when we begin to become one with him. He didn't come one with us in our sin. We come one with him. Man. So to those of you that are out there, like I said, we can start repenting earlier, and you know that you have taken the, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in vain. And you may say, yeah, because I was wondering why I didn't have that much power, and I've been using it, and it don't seem like anything's really happening. It just seemed, you know, like, you know, just calling on and just using it unnecessarily. Enter into the new season where the power of God shall rest upon the blood. Enter into the new season that when you begin to use it, you're going to see manifestation of God's blood, manifestation of God's power. Because there was enough power in the sin, your soul, there's enough power in it to heal you, there's enough power in it to deliver your mind, there's enough power in the blood of Jesus to do what you needed to do when you're calling upon Him. So we just going to repeat it right in your heart. Let your heart walk. I just wrote in my book, God, let my heart be just like your throne. Let there be no difference. Deal with me at the point and make me to the point you sitting on my heart and you sitting on your throne is all the same. All the same. God will be pure before you. God will want to take his name in vain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if I was y'all after the day, the door on the door post all over again. Knowing that it's holy. Put it on the door post of your room. Those of y'all that's married and you're having in your marriage, grab hands and just lock hands and say, God, I want to put your blood on our marriage in the name of Jesus. Let your life begin to flow through our marriage. Where we're missing in communication, let the blood begin to speak for us, God. Complication with the children. Call your children around and gather around the living room. And, and, and first of all, to your children that 
Christian life. But right now, I'm about to cover us with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Explain to him why it's so holy, why it's so Speaking of what y'all have not seen, what 
Jackson. How is it that everybody is sinful and Jesus born of a sinful woman? How can he be pure? I just told you. Mary was just an incubator. And Jesus was a seed of God. That was God's son. That's why he said, don't you know I must be about my father's business? Created by God in the womb of a human being. Come on, somebody, put them hands together and begin to bless God. Give me some hands, some hearts out there. Let me know that uh, you received the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you too, Bishop Hill. I see you. I see you. We love you too. Hallelujah. We thank God for this moment. And we do ask you to go to the King's Healing Room and those that desire to sow, sow into the King's Healing Room. I believe he said there's um, three or four ways, cash app. Um, someone want to post all the ways that um, they, can, they can give. Praise God. Hallelujah. We want to sow into the ministry. We want to sow into the word of God. We want to sow and thank God it's, because it's increased. Whenever God gives revelation to increase, man can't take the um, glory for it. I can't take no glory for the revelation that God gives because God said he's the one that gives increase. We can sow. We can never. But when you get an understanding, that means God has enlarged the territory of your mind. My God. My God. Come on, somebody. You can tell the blood to rush to the place that hurts the most. And watch God begin to move in your life. I love you all. 21 years is a long time. 21 years. And I know Bishop Hill. Bishop Hill, I know you have times where you feel like giving up, you, you know, you don't want to go to church and you got to go when you don't feel like it, when you feel like it. You see, people don't realize in ministry, when, you, when you're in full-time ministry and you're laboring, um, except there is exceptions, most pastors out there are all the time. They're there all the time. And just like the sheep, we get tired, we get weary. Some days we want to stay in the bed and lay in the bed, but something that conviction hits us, somebody need a word. You know, and um, Pastor Yvonne, I, I bless you. I thank God for you and your wife. You, you guys have been doing a wonderful job. Kings in the room. I've been watching y'all. Y'all are doing a wonderful job of upholding the ministry. Amen. Right there with Bishop Wing, like his armor bearer is holding it up. I don't know about the laces on there, but I was hoping to see it today. You know, I had a dream. Um, let me share this with you guys. Again, please somebody put all the information concerning giving on the line. Um, and I had a dream that um, I was at a church house ministry, and God began to tell me to tell the saints of God that He's getting ready to put undisclosed amount of wealth in your account. Somebody should say, Amen. He's getting ready to put money in accounts, undisclosed amounts. It's about to be a wealth transfer in the kingdom, y'all. So no longer say that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the chest. Ain't nothing laid up. That stuff is falling. It's falling. I'm telling you right now when I speak. The wealth is falling now. And so in the dream, I was telling everybody what God was saying. And there was a Spanish lady in the service. And she couldn't understand what I was saying. And she was, you know, like, asking me what was I saying. And so God told me to get her purse. And so I got her purse, and I began to rub that purse together, and I rubbed it, and money appeared in the purse. And then I rubbed it again, 
Now money get paid. Super net. How many of you see that they go shut up? One couple of motion. Supernatural increase. And I worked it again. And a whole lot of more money appeared. She didn't understand me in English, but she understood the miracle. Come on, somebody. She understood the miracle. And as I was going back to the pulpit, Dr. Lacey was walking past. And as she was walking past, God said, tell her I'm making her a millionaire. I'm telling y'all in this season, when there's pandemics on the left and pandemics on the right, there's about to be a pandemic of blessings. The devil ain't gonna outdo our God. There's about to be a pandemic of blessings. Put the blood on that. I promise you, the blood is gonna speak. There's gonna be a pandemic of blessings for the saints of God. Come on, somebody. You ain't got to worry about your account on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because ain't, ain't, ain't no telling when it's going to drop. I'm telling you, you better believe the word of God. There's about to be a supernatural wealth transfer. Supernatural money appearing in different places. In your wallets, in your purses, in, in cars, and drawers. I'm, I'm just, it's going to appear everywhere and anywhere. You're going to look at nobody to have this. And you're going to know to give them the glory. Sometimes they have their things got to get a little crazy before it get a little straightened out. 
Things going to look like as you know, but God would not be outdone. He would not be outdone. So keep your heads up. Keep believing in God until we meet again. Amen. Bishop Hill, I wish you was able to join the line that I can pass everything over to you. But I guess at this time, saints of God, I say God bless you. And I thank you. And I guess I'm going to have to log off. Is that okay, Pastor Hill? Bishop, is that okay? Because I was hoping to bring you side by side with me. I'm just waiting on Bishop Hill to respond. Amen. But you guys enjoy your 21st year anniversary. Enjoy. Go do something. I know it's not much to do, but you can find something to do. Go for a walk in Jesus' name. Get some fresh air in Jesus' name. And just tell God thank you. Look around at nature, the trees, and, 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 and everything, and just tell God thank you that we're still here. The King's Healing Room. And I also pray. And send my components. I think I have a loss in the kingdom. Uh, fact, a loss in the in the body, but a gain in the kingdom because I know my brother is in heaven with the Lord. But you keep your heads up and remember everything that he's told you. Everything that he done was positive that encouraged you. Remember those words. That's how people live out in our hearts. When we remember the things that impact us the most. Keep him alive in your heart. But I know he's in heaven and rejoicing. Lord and Savior, amen. You guys be strengthened. Strengthen the family, Lord. Continue to be there for them, you know. But Shabir was there when I lost my husband. Amen, Pastor Trish. I see them as one. They were there for me. And they have been diligent and faithful to encourage me. I bless God for them. Hallelujah. Amen. Take us home, he said. I see it. He said, take us home. Y'all ready to come home? Y'all ready to come home? God bless you, King of the Moon. God bless you. See you later. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have three different ways that you can give. One way is using the Givelify app. By downloading Givelify using your iOS or Android device and search The King's Healing Room where you will see our senior pastor, Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo. You also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIVE to one 981 which is a unique to the King's Hiller Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhroffice at gmail.com. That is T-K-H-R-O-F-F-I-C-E at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room and we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.